Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the key to let down your walls and make lifelong friends. The key to discovering hidden talents and fresh perspectives. From one-of-a-kind experiences to iconic destinations, Trafalgar gives you the keys to unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com slash unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot com slash unlock. Tour differently. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Lives, Falcons vs. Bears Week 17 post-game show. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin, joined by some wonderful co-hosts today. First of all, we've got Alan Sterk at Alan Sterk on the Twitters. Alan, rough game, but uh, how are we doing on this New Year's Eve? So the day of show, coming here like an employee, you know wear my outfit uh i just i want to watch good quarterback play uh Dak prescott thank you last night did a really good job but today just oh man there's been we've seen some bad quarterback play but i will i will stand on this today was the worst quarterback performance from a two from the a falcons quarterback this year i know yeah. ritter's has moments but i think heineke could have maybe seven turnovers <laughs> i think so it was just it was atrocious defense I, to me, I think maybe had its worst game. Uh, yeah. If you want to look at the because because like the Titans game, there was like more blow up moments. To me, I think it was just continuous big plays, both on the ground and through the air. Like I just thought the Bears just completely gashed them all across the board, and I thought the Falcons got completely out coached as well. So, I mean, there's no real positives from this. Pass protection did well, fine, but other than that, uh, season can end sooner. But then again, thanks to the New Orleans Saints turning back the clock a week next week somehow matters. So, yay. <laughs> yay. Yeah. Uh, guys, I know my camera is uh, not working. We're, we're, uh, while I work on that, I uh, want to welcome in, of course, our other co-host today. We have with us Jordan Watkins. He's at Big 75 fella. Jordan, how are you doing? I know I got to talk so that way people actually see me. But if you could see the face before I started talking, it's just blank. Uh, speaking of blank, you got something you need to do, buddy. Uh, I just leave it at that yeah no i mean we're gonna get into it guys i know uh i know we've all got a lot of takes i'm still struggling to figure out why my uh, camera doesn't like me but that's okay you guys can hear my takes and i'll, I'll get it fixed as we go live here but uh before we get too far let me real quick bring you guys a word from today's sponsor we have of course betonline.ag and you know betonline i hope they don't ding me for for not having my my, my face on here but uh guys we don't, you know, you know us, we we, we try to take a little bit of time off around the holidays. You know, we like to, to take it easy here and there, but Bet Online doesn't take any time off, and neither do these football players. They have to keep going all year long, and that's exactly what they do at Bet Online, keeping you informed on all of those up-to-the-minute odds, news, lines, and info that you need for the NFL, college bowl season, and the NBA. Bet Online has got you on all those and more. They've got all the sports wagering information you need, along with uh, 
all the sports information you need with both desktop and mobile access. So definitely check that out and head to that website today to get in on the action, no matter what you bet on. And as we're going to see with my prize picks here and, you know, a little bit, uh, don't bet on the Falcons. That's, that's my last warning. I've never listened to this warning, but you know, you've been warned. You, you've been warned every week on this show. And, uh, I feel I never feel stronger than I felt now, but of course I'll be back with more prize picks next week. But uh, guys, remember to use our promo code when you sign up. It's believe B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Well, while I work on on getting my camera fixed, because I'm sure you guys are loving my black. Uh, I know that Alan and and everybody else can see me. The guests can see me, but my other nice camera is is taking a big old dump right now, just like what we saw on the field. How about that segue? Uh, hey. <laughs> Alan, what do, you, what do you got for me from this game? Because this was this was one of the hardest watches, I think, of the entire season. Yeah. Because I, I know Heineke's going to be easy target. We'll get to him. But defense was very disappointing just from the beginning. They didn't have any adjustment when you knew the Bears were going to move around DJ Moore. DJ Moore is not just going to be someone used on the outside. He is the focal point of their offense, I would say. Not even just their passing game. I think he's their biggest threat. And they just had no answer when he went to the slot. I think they just create good mismatches for him. And I was a little surprised Ryan Nielsen didn't try blitz more, maybe because the given fields is you know, right with his legs, maybe one play more contained. But it's just Falcons defensive line. They just got no finishers. Like I commend them for their efforts. I like Bud Dupree's veteran. Epic is a solid piece. But it's just the times where they need to make plays, you just can't count on them. Like the third down, multiple times they should have had sacks. And you, know, you think, like, why are you continuously trying to go high on a quarterback that's so elusive? And like, Bud Dupree had a clean lane, like, like unblocked, and he still goes high on fields. Evan Ketty had a moment where I think fields was spinning, like, it was right in his arms, somehow misses. You know, the Anyamaya had a bad game, and just at Ellison Landman, just no impact whatsoever. It was just, yeah, the whole defensive line, other than a couple flashes from Clayus Campbell, just. Very poor across the board, and AJ Terrell took his lumps as well. So defensively, I thought this was probably their worst game. And then, you know, what can you say about Taylor Heineke? Just he <laughs> he, he hit more Bears hands than Falcons receivers. I would say, like, like I would like to add up if I did a tally of the amount of times Heineke threw a ball that was uncatchable to how many times Heineke threw it to a Bears defender. You know, I think it was probably more than the amount of times he completed the pass. So. Yeah, it's there's no real positives, you know. It's good. I, the one, it's good to see Arthur Smith finally called up, uh, dialed up a, a screen to a running back out of the backfield. Yes, so like first time. His, yeah, I feel like all the screens this year have either been a bubble screen or a jailbreak screen to either Bijan or Cordell Patterson or of course John Smith. He actually screen out of the backfield and look how it went. But besides that, man, there's no positives here. This is as bleak as it gets, and uh, season could end sooner, but. Sure, we still have a lot to, to get into. Yeah, we do. It, it It's brutal. This was a brutal loss. It was a brutal game to watch. It was just pathetic across the board. I mean, it sucks. You know, the defense, they played a, a terrible game. I, I kind of thought they would play a bad game in this one just because Justin Fields is like the worst matchup for this defense. They they can't get they can't get the quarterback to the ground. We know this. They've been getting better in recent weeks, but like against those really mobile quarterbacks, they've that's where they've had the most trouble. Like Josh Dobbs, like if they had played Jaron Hall, they would have destroyed the Vikings because yeah. Jaron Hall can't escape. But Josh Dobbs could just escape and make, you know, crazy shit happen. And that's literally how the Vikings won that game because it was completely freestyle. The Falcon, that's the one thing this Falcons defense can't stop. Obviously, they're going to have to find a way to do that going forward because they're going to have to play athletic quarterbacks sometimes. But um, brutal game uh, from that perspective. And they didn't defend the pass particularly well either. Now I will say that Justin Fields threw some absolute dimes. I mean, like 
some of those plays, it's like, I don't, what do you do? You know, I don't know what you, other than get pressure on him better. Um, I don't know what you do other, other in, in terms of coverage. So there's definitely that. But Jordan, you know, speaking of the defense and, and the offense too, um, your your initial thoughts on on this disaster? Uh, I mean, look, you you said it best. It was just a disaster. And I mean, how many times are we going to look at this team? And again, I can go back even to last year too. But especially this year, how many times do we have to see a team that I won't even say <clears throat> looked like world beaters because they didn't look like world beaters against the Colts. They looked like a, a, a capable team. Um, but then the very next week, it's it's like Jekyll and Hyde. Um, and, you know, it's just the, the from a standpoint for me of whatever facet of the game you want to look at, we could talk about it. You know, defensively, it's like you said, it's not even a matter of, the fact that the defensive line and the pass rush, they don't get the quarterback down. It's when they don't get them down, right? That was a third down play. You have a chance to change momentum, get things going, maybe get good field position. Cause D Alford actually was doing a good job of returning kicks when he had a chance to, but again, you have a free rusher, but Dupree again, you don't get them down. Uh, you know, David on is getting there too. He can't get them down. And, but again, to your point, it's how many times have we seen that against mobile quarterbacks? This is why we talked about on the pre the preview show. Like, I'm kind of nervous. I'm nervous about this for that one very reason. And I wanted to see what the pass rush plan was going to be like. Right. And it was what I thought. The Falcons were more so just focused on, hey, let's still stay in our gaps. Don't go rush too far upfield. If you're on the end, keep contained so we can't go through any B gaps or things like that to escape. But of course, if you're going to do that, you got to have tight coverage because those guys are going to be running around for a while. And we so we didn't have pressure, which, again, a lot of that was by design. But we also didn't have good coverage either, which, you know, that um, give credit to Justin Fields. Like you said, Kevin, he made some throws um, like that. That was the thing for me where I want to consistently see that improvement from him. Um, hey, when it when it's that time, you're not really expanding plays. It's just stay in that pocket. Let it go. He's been doing it. He's been getting a lot better. And that's so I got to give him his credit. Uh, offensively, I mean, look, I, I've been talking about this for a while and now we're going to get to my favorite part. We're ready. Is everyone ready for the Taylor Heineke turnover tracker now? <laughs> I are remember we, somebody was like, are oh, he only threw this? one pick this year. He only threw one pick this year. So why, why are you guys getting on him? It's like, ah, uh, cause we know who Taylor Heineke is. Like we, we've seen this. Yeah. So he protected the ball against the Colts. Let's, let's not forget that. You know, we're just, we're going to pretend that the film doesn't exist. <laughs> So here, here, here's the fun time now. So he's played in, I believe, 38 career games. So you include include today. He's thrown 28 interceptions and has 16 fumbles. Now, here's the thing. Now, I get it, right? With Desmond Ritter, um, turnovers, obviously, and when the turnovers have happened have been such a huge part of why he's been starting, then benched, and all these things, and why we've lost some games. I totally get that. Here's the difference, though, and what's, what's so frustrating with it. Taylor Heineke's been in the league for six years. This is Desmond Ritter's second year. Like, there's some things from Desmond Ritter I can, like, ah, you know, you're a young quarterback. You gotta, you you just gotta learn through it, right? You've been in the league for six years. There's certain plays you can't make. You can't do it. And so, you know, I know people are gonna talk about, you know, there were some receivers open. You're right, there were. Honestly, in terms of play design today, I I wasn't as upset as I've been in previous games from Arthur Smith. But here's what I am upset about. You did this to yourself. You, you, you put him back in the game. You put him back as a starter because, you know, you started feeling some heat from upstairs, right? So that's the thing for me. Um, look, Youngway Koo missed the two kicks. They even talked about it in the broadcast that people were struggling in that side of the field. 
uh to it was to, blustery, to man that was yeah like it was like, I like mean, i'm not, not I'm easy not, but yeah. yeah i'm not i'm not going crazy about that what i don't like though is if you know that's going to be the case especially on that side of the field when you had i think it was a third and seven maybe oh, you're or talking about the like second, second 10 where they ran the play with ritter it was uh yeah so it was like i think it was that the well, first off there was that and it's like okay what what are we what are we doing are we just turn into the the chris peterson boise state mm-hmm. team where we're doing trick plays left and right but um but also there was one one situation maybe it was either the first field goal or the second one where i'm like okay this is not going to be the place i think it was the second field goal this is not the place now where you're just going to try to settle for a field goal be somewhat conservative on third on, on third down with the, in your mind that you're going to go for fourth down just because of where you are in the field and we didn't do that so there again there's just certain things though with designing a game and calling a game and just understanding the situation where again it just shows to me a lot of times where Arthur Smith still lacks in it so just no matter how you look at this game I mean like you said Kevin you called it a disaster that's exactly right but and it's just all the ways you can look at it was bad yeah it was this was a really rough really rough one to watch and um you know it there were so many individual plays that I had problems with I mean Taylor Heineke played like one of the worst quarterback games I've ever seen I mean like most of his yardage came from a 75 yard screen touchdown. Like that was literally the only play. And even that play, he barely got off. And that one was impressive to be fair to him. That was good, good work there. Getting that pass off with a guy in your face, but like most of the balls he threw were just not catchable. Like it was like, well, they were catchable. Oh, they were catchable by somebody. Just not the guy you were throwing it to, unfortunately. Um, But like, I, that is one of the worst quarterback games I've ever seen. Um, and, And that's part of the reason I was like, what is the point of making the change to Heineke? Like, I, I know everyone's like, oh, he's better than Ritter. It's like, I don't really think that he's shown that. And like, we know there's no future with Heineke. We know there's no development with Heineke. This is like a five or six year veteran at this point. So like, it screamed desperation and that's exactly what it was. And it, it got you that Colts game. He he was very lucky in that Colts game not to throw another pick, but they probably still would have won that game. And they, they dominated the Colts defensively. That helps a lot, but He's not good enough. Like he, he's just. I, I don't understand why you're pulling your rookie quarterback off the field and then putting him back in at the end of the game only for him to then go and throw a pick as well. Like this was just an absolute meltdown. Like, like this was, this was like seven million a year. Like yeah. that's not seven million back. Like I'm not even sure if he's a backup boy. And I'll be the first to tell you, I was completely wrong on Heineke. I thought Heineke was one of their better backups, but he's not even serviceable. Either. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like yeah. we've seen him play like. Like we know, we know he's a risk taker. Second half of the Titans game, like, yeah. he was very good. Besides yeah. that, like but the Vikings like, did, but come on. Yeah, I, I'm just wondering, like, is it really that Heineke now just sucks, and that every quarterback this offense touches sucks, or is it that Arthur Smith sucks? That's that's the question I really want to ask. Like, I mean, Mariota was decent for what four or five games last year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Ryan was good. <laughs> yeah, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan could probably like. You I don't know, want to put Matt Ryan in this though. I don't no, respect. don't I you bring him into this. There's a day the respect. Falcon greatness, as mm-hmm. even though the Eagles are apparently atrocious, Julio Jones scored two touchdowns. Yeah. 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 That man. Today's yeah. the day they respect the Falcon legend. So we're not mm-hmm. disrespecting Matt Ryan with, in his ice cream truck on Paramount. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what to make of Arthur Smith's offense point because, like, you look at like that third down was so was such a mess when Drake Lennon and Kyle Pitts were asking Heineke, what is the play? And Heineke's just rushing. And then he has Van Jefferson on a go route. Second week in a row, by the way, because he missed Van Jefferson on. Uh, I think it was a stop and go last week where he could have hit him for a touchdown. Literally the same exact play, and he overthrows Jefferson again. Poor Ben Jefferson. He's got a lot of heat on his pockets. But he probably <laughs> should have two touchdowns in the last yes. two weeks. Confident quarterback play. Yeah. 
No, I mean Matthew Stafford of this. Yeah, Van Jefferson's made his fair share of mistakes, but that was definitely not on him. I mean, let's be let's be real there. But that's what I'm saying. It's like everyone in this offense is just so fucking sloppy. Like everyone is making mistakes. Like all the quarterbacks look really sloppy. Like you know, only play we could say is Kadero Hodge had a horrific drop. I tried to catch with his body. Just extend your hands. And Kadero Hodges had a decent year. Yeah, that's yeah. the one time I kind of felt bad, you know, feel bad behind because that was actually a pretty pinpoint pass. But yeah, it's but it's just, that, it's like, oh. like I just don't like. I mean, at this point, it's like I I don't know like I I don't know what the point of this is. But yeah, we should probably finish recapping the game before we get into more of the meta conversation. And yeah. you know, guys, we're gonna try not to drag this out super duper long just because I know it's New Year's Eve and everybody's got stuff to do. But um, let me get to a couple donations and then we'll we'll keep we'll keep it rolling here. Um. I know we had some folks uh, like early, like before we came on that I wanted to get. We had uh, Noah Coker with the $2. What's up, Noah? First donation. Appreciate that, man. Uh, says, there's no way Arthur Smith keeps his job, right? I mean, Arthur Blank is obsessed with this man. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it, he was like, he like ran out to make another basically statement. Like, oh, well, now he's safe again. Like, so clearly he wants to keep him. Like, he's looking for any excuse to keep him. Now, this game, obviously, like, this is just a big slap in the face. It's like, wow, like th- th- this changes things again, because you can't have games like this. Like again, we-, we see this every year, like clutch games, you need a win, you need to stay alive. And they just fuck it up, man. They just like blow the game. It's ugly. It's bad. They lost to the fucking card. They lost, they lost to the Cardinals. They lost to the Panthers. I mean, the Eagles just lost to the Cardinals. So maybe that's not as bad as it, it maybe appeared at the time, but oh no, the Eagles are a bad team right now. Maybe the Eagles are just a bad team. They're, also, they're a bad team right now. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Uh, so no no excuses for the Cardinals game, but the That's Panthers game. I'll be playing in two weeks, strangely enough. <laughs> if I turn on Madden, maybe. I'll tell you what, though. Here, here's the main thing for me when I'm looking at, uh, you know, this whole Arthur Smith situation. And I, I don't know why I didn't think about this before. Them corporate partnership chefs must be looking pretty good. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying it's, it's one of these things, again, as we've all said, there's no reason – even with quarterback plays up and down as as it has been, with the schedule is that the schedule is the way it is with the injuries in certain positions for that bad schedule, the way that's all shaped out too. There's no reason why we might be looking at this team having the exact same record that they did last year. And you know, no matter how you want to look at it, like I said, whether it's personnel decisions, uh, just preparation overall, actual game call like game uh, play calling. All these things, you know what they fall under? The head coach. Like, I, I just don't know how else to say it. So I got to start looking at things outside of football. That's what I'm saying. That corporate check, that, that must be looking pretty good with those family <laughs> ties, man. That, that You know? <laughs> the endorsements are coming. More bizarre, though. Like, Arthur Smith was very decisive when it came to handling Mike Smith. Mike Smith had two down years, and he was like, all right, this is done. No more. Uh, obviously, Dan Quinn, there was major loyalty there given the success. Yeah, yeah. I just I just feel like on a year-to-year basis, you, you want to see progress. And to me, the Falcons have only made progress on one side of the ball. You can't tell me a single thing offensively where you've seen progress. Like, I just – it's it's hard to dissect it. Maybe you could find a metric, but, like, even look at the running game. Like, it had maybe four games this year where they took over. Last year, there was about eight to nine games where that Falcons running game was just wrecking yeah. teams. This year it's been what maybe Packers, Saints, 
um, obviously Colts last week, but it's just nothing to when you look at Arthur Smith. Like, what can you really attest to that's improved this year? Like everything seems defensively, and so just like the amount of variables. There we go. There we go. No, it's the variables. It's the variables once again. No, I mean, it's. I, I just don't see anything to hang your hat on. And that's what we talked about before last week's game. And that's why I also came on here and was like, look, I just, I'm not, I'm not sold. Like I, like it, it was nice. It was fun, but like fool me once shame on you. Fool me like seven times this season. Shame on me. Like I'm not, I'm not falling for the, for the cheese. Right. That's exactly what last week was another cheese game where it was just like, this is not meaningful. This is not carrying over. This is not consistency. This is just a flash in the pan. And we're back to what we were for most of the season, which is a very, very mediocre team uh, that has some significant weaknesses on defense. It's like, okay, you understand it, but they mostly, you know, handle their business. Other, But it's, it, and when you turn the ball over this much too, again, it's like, you're just put, you're just screwing your defense over even more. Um, and like, they had their worst game of the season today. That's for sure. But I just, I don't see anything you hang your hat on and say like, well, this is why we're going to bring them back. And like you have to look nothing. at the person, personnel decision as well. Like you have Matt Collins playing special teams. I don't really see him as a receiver. Like, okay, that was a bad signing. But then you have like Kadero Hodge and Van Jefferson seeing snaps. Like Arthur Smith has to come to terms with unique, capable pass catchers. Like, you know, we talk all the time. Like this team has no drop back passing game. And that was the issue last year, but we kind of got it because, all right, obviously they're capturing. Like, yeah. couldn't put enough investment in that position. But now it's just like you had the offseason. Look, tremendous free agent additions across the board, but like uh, defensively. But it's just, I think, not valuing wide receiver has come to cost them. And they just have no drop back passing. Like the best plays came off play action and screen for the most part today. So just like they can't play from behind. And that's another thing. It's like if you can't play from behind in this league, you know, you're not going to be a winning team. So it's just. No. I mean, I yeah. just. And like there's nothing about Arthur Smith's like approach, like schematically, that means that it can't work. But it does have its weaknesses right like if you're going to be a run heavy multiple multiple tight end sort of offense you're, you're always going to be a front running team for the most part like you're going to be a team that if you get a lead you're going to be able to grind it out and you can really dominate teams that way and you can and, and you can win a lot of games we've seen teams very successful with that style of football throughout the years teams that have good defense and the defense took the step forward that was needed i think for that approach to really work but it's like you've lost the lead like you've lost the lead like you you no longer run the ball well. Your passing game is atrocious. Um, all the quarterbacks you brought in aren't aren't capable, uh, which is questionable to me. Um, you don't emphasize any receiver additions whatsoever. They, I, I, I still can't believe they didn't draft a receiver. Like they didn't draft a receiver. Like it was like that was like one of their top three needs. And they were like, no, nah, we're good. We're, we'll take Mac Hollins, and you know we'll trade for Van Jefferson in the middle of the season, and, and it'll all be fine. It's like. Yeah, and like, look, everyone loves him. He's the people's champ. But like, Cordell Patterson's a running back at this point. He's not a receiver. Unless you're yeah. using on a screen, like, stop running Cordell Patterson on vertical routes. Like, the fact that he's one of the receivers when they run empty set, it's just him and John Smith, they're not going to stretch defenses. And then you have Bijan, Kyle Pitts. Like, I don't – like, what team has – runs five wide receivers set but only has one true wide receiver on the field? For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. 
The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Sometimes your cat can be a mystery, like when they get so attached to certain cardboard boxes. <laughs> but when you use Fresh Step Cat Litter, there's no question that you're making your cat happy. Thanks to amazing odor control, Fresh Step clumping cat litters prevent stinky crumbles and make scooping easy by locking in liquid and odor immediately. That means you can keep your house clean and your bond strong. There's no mystery here. Find Fresh Step Cat Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates yeah it's like it's like i get like you're trying to be different but like there's a reason everyone emphasizes receiver in the nfl and it's because speed kills and like you know i i've looked into a lot of stuff and i was doing it before this season too but there's been a lot of you know advanced analytics and i know jordan you in particular you want to make sure there's like something behind the analytics it's not you can't just throw stats out and make it meaningful but whether or not size matters for receivers and how important is size, like physical size, like uh, height and weight for receivers in particular, and what's the correlation with receiver success and, and you know, successful careers and, you know, th thousand yard seasons and all that stuff. And it was really interesting to me that height and weight in particular at past a certain extent, like if you, if you're below a certain minimum threshold, like you're really unlikely to succeed. I mean, we all know that, but getting into that elite size and height there's not really any correlation with success with size where the correlation is is with athleticism that is where you know speed and agility that is where the correlation is strong but the size is not correlated and we see all these really successful large college wide receivers and i don't know if it's just the nature of that game makes it so those guys are have easier success but in the NFL, speed is king, and, and it's becoming, with the rule changes the way they are, where you just want it, like, you could just try to get a, a pass interference on third and long, you know, to try to get a call. Like, having that speed threat is, is big for that. Um, and, and Arthur Smith has basically decided that speed is not king. Like, he doesn't really care about it. Um, like, he, he got Scotty Miller and Van Jefferson, but, you know, he didn't get a quarterback that was capable of hitting deep shots. So clearly the speed is not important to him. Um, he doesn't use Kyle Pitts in that way either. Um, he barely uses Bijan Robinson in that way. So I just. Receivers that play with Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford last. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> so, you know, it. I think it's pretty clear that this scheme has failed. Uh, it doesn't work. And it I, is he capable of adjusting it? Do we even want to see him try to adjust it? Like, because he's tried to adjust it all year, and it hasn't changed at all. In fact, I would argue it's gotten worse as the year's gone on. So, um, it's evolved. I guess it's evolved. It, it has evolved, not in the way you wanted it, unfortunately. But I like to me, it's just like I just don't see anything that makes me say like I'm confident in this guy coming back that this can be fixed. Like, because if it's like, oh well, we'll just let him be the CEO and we'll bring in a new offensive coach. Why should we trust him to be the CEO? Like, 
you know, are we really and believing? He's, he's the next quarterback too. You're going to trust him. To yeah, you're going to you're going to trust this guy who flubbed quarterback for three straight seasons to pick another quarterback. Like I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't. I mean, like, and I hate it because I I like the man. I I actually think he gets a bad rap in the fan base that people think he's like a dick or something. I I don't think that. I I I respect him, but it's like I just I think it hasn't worked and it hasn't. He hasn't been able to adjust. And maybe that's due to problems with the, the personnel, especially quarterback. But it's like, these were the quarterbacks you chose for this year three of a three-year plan. You didn't really make an effort to get anyone else or or make an upgrade there for right or wrong, you know, depending on who you could get. But like, this is what it is. It's year three. We're going to probably be seven and 10 again, probably picking eight again. <laughs> again like, and again. Like, you know, I, I don't, yeah, go ahead, Jordan. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say it's, here. here's a perfect thing, again, we're talking about personnel usage and acquisitions and whatnot, right, in, in, in terms of, like, where this all comes from. First off, I want to start it off as a positive, but also it's going to be, be like, the, one of the frustrating parts for me. Shout out Tyler Algier. Uh, and, again, y'all know I've I've said this from the get-go. Tyler Algier is an RB1 in this league. Like, he he's capable enough of doing that. And we've seen he has enough long speed to make plays happen right like he, he was definitely wanted down there at the end but yeah what <laughs> but it was 31 enough. yard it was enough yeah respect the dime too i know right exactly uh so he had what 31 yard touchdown run last week 75 i think touchdown reception this week yep and look i'm not saying this because i think Bijan robinson is bad like that's not it at all but what's frustrating is you had a guy there already that you could be as your rb1 and we could have used that pick to you to do something else to help this team out, right? We we talked all these things. Whether you know you do get another receiver in the top ten, which you know, I, I, okay, but also like maybe you do something you trade back where you get an edge rusher, something along those lines. But we just doubled down at a position we didn't need to do it. And I think that when Tyler has gotten his fair share of chances to show how good he is, he's he's shown it, and it only just furthers the point more and more. Right, like y'all even talked about it. Where are the, for example, like where where is this that screen to Bijan, right? That that Tyler got. Where where is the, those for him? Like even just more throughout the year, especially if you have struggling quarterbacks, whether it's a six year vet or this guy in his second year. Where are those easy throws in place for them to make? Because like I know everyone's gonna say, well, they are throwing screens. A lot of the screens they throw outside the numbers. Yeah, you don't yeah. technically like it's actually bad football more times than not to throw screens outside of the numbers. You're just asking for bad things to happen. So, you know, again, it's just like, where, where are some of those designs and some of these, some of these schemes for the people that you are using because, or that you do have where, again, like I said, this, this is one of those things, again, that's so frustrating. When I do look at that, that dichotomy that goes on between Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson, both great players, but, you know, it's, like I said, just, just another thought process with all of this. Yeah, and they both haven't been utilized enough on the field together. I feel like we heard that talk all off season. Yeah, the positionless football, and like you've seen flashes of both of them be on the field at the same time, but more times than not, it's been underwhelming. Like who could forget that third and three against the Panthers, where Algier was the lead fullback, and he gets completely blown up by Frankie Luku, and Bijan gets dropped for a one yard loss. Like it's just you haven't seen moments where like okay, Bijan's maybe running jet motion and. At least Alger again, like a 10 yard gain or something. Like, I don't know. We just haven't seen enough of them together where it creates, you know, schematically a big play or at least a productive play. 
No, hey, y'all are I, sorry. I was gonna say y'all are 100 right in the chat. That just slipped my mind because I remember being so mad at it at the moment. I tried to forget it. It should have been Jalen Carter right there. It, it really yeah, should have been. Going I mean, I, I got to go back to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I forget that? Because I was one of the main ones mad at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I con- considering how they've used Bijan, I think it's pretty clear that that was a mistake. Not because of any problem with Bijan, but because they they're not using him like a top ten pick, like. You know, like, like, sure, the Lions started out giving Jameer Gibbs like a, a a touch load, like that was lower. But guess what? Like now, Jameer Gibbs is their RB one, and he's dominating touches most weeks. And that's with David Montgomery being a very good running back. Like Jameer Gibbs yeah. is is getting the and and also the Lions are obviously running more because they're actually a good team, unlike the Falcons. So you know they're actually having leads and and that sort of thing. But um, you know it. it I, yeah, I kind of mentioned with the with. I know we're gonna talk about coaches event. Oh, we should. I don't know if we are, but like. You just watch the lines of Ben Johnson, Sam Laporte, Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robson, Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Like you, you look at the running back tight end, like those two of how they're utilized with Ben Johnson. You look how the Falcons are utilizing Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts is just like, could you just imagine Ben Johnson in Atlanta? Like, I don't know how like I don't know how many games they're gonna win, but you know, I think we can guarantee that Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts <laughs> will be utilized far greater and you get at least a good return investment of those two picks. I yeah, think the fantasy people would be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just I just want to mention. I know Kevin, you're wrong. I just I love everything that the Lions are doing, and it's just oh man, Ben Johnson. Yeah, it no, would be it, great to be here. It would I be. Just, yeah, yeah. It it just frustrates the hell out of me that this is. They've made such an investment in Kyle Pitts and and Bijan and, and Drake London, and like they just don't like they they've set it. They've like set up the entire board, but like they forgot the p like they forgot the dice or something like. They can't actually use any of these players because quarterback has been fumbled so badly that these guys are basically complete wastes. Like Drake Lennon, four four catches. I mean, that's nice, sure. Kyle Pitts, one catch. You know, Bijan Robinson, three targets. This this is the worst. I mean, you could see it. Tyler Algier has thirty five yard screen because the Bears are the worst team in the NFL at defending the running back pass. Falcons threw like three, but what? I mean, I don't even know how many targets he got. I think it was like five, but like. That should have been your go-to play, given the Bears' defense, and they just wouldn't do it. They just wouldn't do it. Um, like, like they, where was Cordell Harrison? You could also could yeah. have used him on. Yeah, so. it's just like I, like anybody with half a brain can look up these statistics. It took me like five minutes. That's how I made my prize picks. I talked about it, and like, if if I can look this up in five minutes, why is this coaching staff not looking this shit up? Like, why the hell am I the one doing these this research for these obvious things that everyone in the NFL knows at this point that they've had success with and you just won't do it like do you think you're that much fucking stupid like smarter than everybody in the room that's like actually no we're not gonna do the thing that's worked for everyone else we're gonna do our own thing we're gonna play our game you know your game sucks your game sucks ass like you need to do something why do you think that case is uh i don't know there's this word i'm thinking of it starts with a v and you know look alan i understand it i understand you have to ask the question but there's just a lot of variables that go into it you know that like we're not Man. doing we're not doing any of these things. Like what Cordero Patterson's like complete bit player. They made they made this whole stink about him being a joker, all these creative formations, all this fun stuff, you know, Bijan and Algier together, like that's barely been a thing at all. Like and maybe it's like, well, the quarterback is so bad we can't do any of the fun stuff we wanted because the, we have to dumb down the offense. It's like you pick these quarterbacks too. So don't yeah. don't come crying to me that your quarterback sucks. This is the quarterback you wanted. You picked him, you rolled him out there with no competition, like I mean, and the pass protection was so good. Like other than McGarry on one play against Sweat, like the, 
they were kept clean today. I just, you but, actually could do stuff, but of course, with the quarterback issues. But once again, this has to fall on the coaching staff. And it's just, where do you even go from here? Like, I think the thing, too, that just makes it all that much worse is look around what's going on in the NFL. Like, if we're talking about quarterbacks and bad quarterbacking and, and whatnot, damn near everybody's got a backup quarterback in the game right now or a third string <laughs> guy, right? I mean, hello, again, hello, who, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, hello, Cleveland Browns. I mean, we had people wearing pastronaut shirts for for weeks because of what Josh Dobbs was doing before he got benched. So again, this is just a thing for me of even when you do a comparison of what else is going on outside of the, of the building, just what's going on in the league. Even if it's not a lot of success, you are seeing other people have success with average at best sometimes, maybe a little bit below average quarterback play. And these and some of these guys again, they're they're just getting into the building. These are guys that you've had here the whole time, and it still looks this way. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't know what else to say about it. Like, we, it's all it's all been said by us, by others. It's like there there's, I don't see any future here. Like, how how many times have co- have teams brought back the guy that had a down year, giving him another chance? How many times has that worked out, or how many times has that guy been fired within the first like eight games of the season? Look, I would say it's like happened, look look what happened three years ago in Atlanta. I mean, it's not just in Atlanta. Like I would say, seventy-five percent, eighty percent of the time, you bring someone back for that for that last ride or that extra year because you want to give them a chance, they're fired mid-season. Like, so don't right. waste the time. Like, I know Arthur Blank doesn't want to start over, and maybe you don't have to. Like, I think any, I think a smart coach would be like, what they've built here in Atlanta on defense and this defensive coaching staff, these guys are good. If I'm a if I'm a first-time head coach, why do I want to invite the chaos of creating an entirely new defensive staff? when I've got one right here. Like, I don't think that's a negative. I know, I know Corey, shout out to Corey, Corey Woodruff is worried that that might like dissuade some coaches from coming here because they wouldn't be able to pick their own defensive staff. But I would think that would be a bonus. It's like, Oh, I don't have to go out and find a whole bunch of defensive staff. Like, because I'm an offensive coach and I probably mostly worked with offensive coaches in my career. I think that's a, I think that's a bonus. Like you're like, Oh, we'll just leave the defense intact. I just have to come in and take care of my business. And then, like, I, I mean, I think that's a good thing. I mean, if they can make it work, it's obviously not a guarantee. But yeah, I wonder what Shane Steichen's thought process was when he did it. Because as uh, Mike Brofstein mentioned last week, it kept us Bradley. And it's kind of worked out for the Colts. So I wonder, because, you know, some of these coordinators are such control freaks or you know, that become head coaches. They just want entirely new coaching staff. But you know, Shane Steichen at least worked around it. But I don't know. It's, that's where the interview process comes in. You know, who are you going to hire? And, and look, we can't also assume that it's going to be an offensive-minded coach like McDonald. Look what he's doing with that Ravens defense. I, as much as we like Ryan Nielsen, like Mike McDonald's going to be a hot candidate. And who says why shouldn't he be uh, considered based on what he's done? Right. Especially with the Niners. So these are things to consider. But then again, I just who knows if these options are even be considered? Because I don't know. Like because obviously I want to get to listener questions before we finish. But like mm-hmm. if they get trounced by New Orleans next week, do you think that's going to add more fuel to the fire or it's Arthur Smith, uh, Arthur Smith, Arthur Blank just can be like, whatever, we're still going to stick with our guns. Because I, mean, I think a big loss to the Saints could, it could, it could raise some stakes. I mean, I think, I sure hope so. Like if he's already made up his mind, like before this game even happened, then nothing will change his mind, obviously. But like, if he'd already made up this mind after, after the Colts game, he's a fool. Because like, was he really that sold by the Colts game? I, I can't possibly believe that. As much as fans are getting on Arthur Blank, like, I, I really don't think he's that stupid to be like, oh, well, they won this good game against the Colts, so clearly everything's fine and everything's fixed. Like, 
I just don't believe he's made up his mind yet. Uh, I, th- I think Arthur Blank is actually smart. He's overly patient, but, like, he's not stupid. Like, I, I think Arthur Smith needs to win next week to save his job, or he's out. That's my personal opinion. I don't have any insider information on this, but, like, I think Arthur Smith, if he had won this game, or even didn't get embarrassed in this game, which, let's make no mistake, this was fucking embarrassing. Like, yeah. this was awful football. Mm-hmm. Um... I think it would have been fine. Like, if it, if they just don't get embarrassed this week, he's probably fine. It's probably all set. They got embarrassed. It was bad. This is These games change things. Just like the Panthers games, the Panthers game set the heat to 500 on Arthur Smith's, you know, hot butt rankings or whatever. Um, you know, it, it this, this is another game that's like, okay, turn the heat up again because you can't have games like this. These are the types of games that get people fired. Um... And if the Falcons had lost that Colts game and then lost this game like this, I think he would be fired on Monday for this. But as it stands now, I still think he can save his job with a win over the Saints because you could theoretically make the playoffs <laughs> next week. Right? I mean, it's stupid. Unfortunately, it's stupid, but like, yeah. and it's not going to happen because as bad as the Bucks were this week, they're just not. I think the Panthers are going to be on their backup quarterback at this point. So like, oh, um, got I I think so. We'll see. I thought uh-huh. somebody had said in the chat that maybe he did get roughed up a little bit, but um, well, that's just another rate. Sunday for for uh, whoever quarterback is behind that offensive line. Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah. That's just that's just a daily a daily trial uh, for you over good there. Old but, Ball just yeah, good old the Red Rifle is going to come in there and save the Falcon season. But um, yeah, uh, it's I just don't I don't see how you can accept this, um, especially if we, if we go seven and ten again. Like you, you can't allow that. It's like everything lined up for you. You have a better roster, you have an easier schedule, you have an easy ass division. Go go just just the bare minimum, just improve. And he if he doesn't win this next game, he hasn't improved. He's made this team worse. Um, you can't have you can't survive in the NFL doing that. And this would be the first if if he isn't fired and they do not make the playoffs, this will be the first time under Arthur Blank that a, a Falcons coach has made it more than three seasons without make, making the playoffs. Um, and I just, why would you make that coach Arthur Smith? Like, what is, why would he be worth that? And nothing against Arthur Smith personally. Like I said, I like the guy. I I was in, you know, previously, but I'm out now. Like, I, I've seen enough. I don't think there's any future with this scheme. I don't trust him to pick a quarterback. And maybe that extends to Fontenot too. I don't, I don't know... I don't know what the what the percentage of blame is there, right? I think it's impossible to really know. Um, but at any rate, I know the scheme doesn't work, so that's the first place I would go to make changes. And I know Fontenot can can hire can sign some free agents, and I know a lot of the guys he's brought in don't suck, but for whatever reason, they look bad in this offense. So I guess I just I I think I know where to point the finger. Um, maybe Arthur Blank doesn't yet, but I think I know. Time for listener questions. Oh, let me get this. Uh, let me get this prize picks out of the way, and then we will go into the cavalcade of listener questions, which we really appreciate, guys. Thank you, everyone, for donating donations right now. We're going to that Senior Bowl fund, which I still haven't made the graphic for. I apologize, but uh, thank you, guys, so much for that. Really appreciate that to get you those because we're going to need those draft takes even more this year because we're probably going to be trading up for a quarterback. So, uh, fingers crossed, Jaden Daniels actually shows up to the Senior Bowl. By the way, I, I think he was. He's. Rumored to have accepted, but we're still getting word on if he's going to actually show up. Because he won the Heisman, and now it's like, oh, maybe I don't need to go anymore. So, that, I don't know. But um, real quick, guys, let me bring you a quick word from today's sponsor, Prize Picks. Let me pull this up real quick. Um, all right, here we go. 
guys, you know it. Prize picks. Uh, yeah, you know, Arthur Smith hosed me again, but I, I got hosed all around. You know, the, the one thing the Falcons did do today was hold Justin Fields under 54 and a half uh, rushing yards. So thanks, Falcons, for that. Uh, that was the one thing that you couldn't do that you did do. Um, kind of surprised, actually, given how successful Justin Fields was at doing everything else. But whatever. Uh, we also had Young Wei Koo miss two field goals, so we didn't get the more than one and a half field goals made. Uh, I knew it was going to be tougher for, because of the weather, but I still thought he could hit two. But I didn't expect the Falcons offense to be this bad. Figured he'd get more shots and also have some easier ones. But instead, you know, Falcons offense, yada, yada. Uh, and also, of course, Bijan over 22 and a half or more than 22 and a half receiving yards. I mean, look, the Bears are the worst team in the NFL at stopping the running the running back pass. And uh, Tyler Algier got a big one. That's great. Good for Tyler. Uh, but the Falcons only threw, I think, three passes to Bijan other than that, which, you know, choosing not to attack your opponent's biggest defensive weakness. That's a bold choice, Arthur Smith. But, um, you know, I, I guess you're the one that's getting paid the big bucks here. But, guys, uh, even though I failed at prize picks, you don't have to. You know, you these these bets are optional. You can make your own. You can do it right now. You can do whatever you want. Uh, prize picks is a skill-based daily fantasy game. You go on there, you pick two to six players, decide if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. And the more you pick, the more you can win all the way up to 25 times your money on any entry. And like I said, guys, at prize picks, you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Make sure to check the, their promotion schedule. They've got uh, flex plays on Friday. They've got some special uh, player lines on Tuesday. They've got all kinds of stuff coming out over the holidays. So keep your eyes open. And it's not just the NFL. So even when that's over, PrizePix offers projection on any sport that you watch. NBA, MLB, college football, Bulls, MLB, NHL, PGA, you name it. Esports, it's on there. Uh, the best part, guys, PrizePix entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And they offer fast withdrawals. It's that easy. All first-time users that deposit and use our promo code DBB, like it says in the graphic here. Uh, you will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So that means if you throw in 100, prize picks will give you 100. If you throw in 50, prize picks will give you 50. Just make sure, make sure to use our promo code DBB when you sign up so they know we sent you. And guys, since prize picks is daily fantasy, it's available in 31 states, DC, most of Canada. Notably, it's available in Georgia. Uh, so that's a big one. I know most of our viewers are from Georgia, obviously. So again, guys, thanks so much to Prize Picks for sponsoring the show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in with us here. All right, let's keep it rolling with some listener questions. Uh, I apologize if I missed any of the super chats. There were some that came through before the show started, and I'm having trouble finding them. Um, so if I do find them, I will. If I can figure out a way to pull them up, I will get them. I know they got like displayed and pulled up and all that, so like you get something for it. But I do try to make a, a point of reading everything that comes in um so i apologize if i do miss you um i know we got we'll start with uh george costanza here with the two dollars he says that the bears were projected to have three wins eberflus has taken lemons and made lemonade arthur smith has taken lemons and made piss water it might look the same but i guarantee you it's not i would like him gone not tomorrow not after breakfast now yeah george i feel like i'm kind of i'm kind of there with you on that one uh he continues with another donation. Thanks, George. Uh, after, after another performance like this next week, and we could have a season in which we don't have a QB throw for 3,000 yards, no skill player more than 10 touchdowns, or a 1,000-yard receiver or rusher. Ladies and gentlemen, the offensive genius of Arthur Smith. I didn't realize that. That, that would be pretty bad. Uh, 
Yeah. I need I need a shot after hearing that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's uh, almost New Year's. I think I'm gonna I know what I'm doing after no, the I'm, show. I'm, I'm, say, I'm, I'm not I'm not waiting till midnight after hearing yeah, that. Can, I can't can, make can you say can you say it one more time? Say so it one I can more time. Make it a double. Hold on. So make it a double. Make it a double though. Yeah, yeah, make it a double. It is it's two forty five over here. Don't forget that. Oh, oh, oh man, you got a ways to go. You got a ways to go. You gotta pace yourself. You gotta pace yourself, but not after watching that game. No, I can't. I gotta just go straight to hard liquor. Usually I wait until ten to start the shots, but you know, we might have to switch to hard liquor right now. Um <laughs> yeah thanks george appreciate that we got pv with the five dollars what's up he says situation we need two touchdowns in four minutes to tie the game first play on offense for arthur smith uh yes perfect time for a screen i mean to be to be fair that was the only scoring play they had all game so uh for the most part so <laughs> other than that taylor heineke run which actually was a really good run to, to, to heineke's credit that was a nice run um but yeah i mean you know can't argue with with those numbers we got George Sands with another two. He says, we need to start fresh with a new quarterback and a new coach. This is an ideal situation for anyone to come into. Elite weapons everywhere, and you get to pick the quarterback of your future. Ben Johnson or Eric Bieniemy would be a fool to pass this up. I mean, I, I do agree. I mean, that's a good one to, to discuss here because, like, I do think that the Falcons' job is very attractive, and that's part of the reason why I think that they should make the change now because they're going to have a top 10 pick, almost certainly. They've got the core around the quarterback all set up. Like Arthur, Arthur Smith did a great job of setting things up for the next guy. I mean, kudos to him. But uh, so this, you're not probably not going to get any more attractive than you are right now. You've got cap space. It looks like you've got a defense, even if it's not as good as like the raw numbers appear. Maybe this is just the 15th best defense. This is still like the second best defense the Falcons have had in like 10 years. So like, absolutely. So it, it, that's fine. Like, you can win with the 15th best defense. That is not going to hold. I mean, look at the Eagles. They've won 11 games with, like, the 30th ranked defense. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> biggest thing of all this, you're in the NFC South. It's the lamp opportunity. I mean, there you go. And again, yeah, exactly right. The NFC South. Like, the Saints are going to get worse, not better. The Bucks, they're just the Bucks. Like, the, I mean, that team, like, it, you just saw it this week. Like, they just got their asses kicked by the Saints, like, completely blown off at home. Um like they're just not a great team. Like they're they're a very hot and cold team. They're very beatable. Uh, and then the Panthers is just that team is a disaster. Like if you want to see what bad ownership looks like, look at the Panthers. So um, it's yeah. the land of opportunity, and you have Falcons have real assets here, and they have leaders as well. So. Yeah, they do. They do. So you know we'll see. But I, I agree. I do think this is a, a good opportunity for a coach to come into. Um, we got Corey with the $2. He said, thanks, Corey, by the way. He says, this the Falcons' entire franchise existence was summed up in the D. Alford uh, pick, uh, kick six return. Wow. So close. <laughs> so close and then trip over yourself embarrassingly. Yeah, you know. Uh, I, I tried to I tried to forget that one, to be honest. But, yeah. Man, uh, I was thinking <laughs> Alan Rossum, Alan Rossum, Alan Rossum. Oh, my God, he might do this. Yep. Oh, man. That was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um. All right. We got we got Corey Carter, another Corey. I was like, wait, is this the same guy? Okay, no, this is diff Corey Carter separate. Thank you, Corey. Corey Carter as well. Uh he says, Who starts next week? Ritter or Woodside? Sell the team blank. <laughs> well, probably not getting that last one, but yeah, I mean I imagine it's gonna be Ritter. Um they I know everyone wants to see Logan Woodside, and like I have seen a lot of Logan Woodside, Toledo legend. He was there while I was briefly at University of Toledo uh, with my wife because she taught there. I actually saw him play live several times. Um, I like Logan Woodside, but like he is a third string quarterback. Like, 
it's not going to look any better. Like, I mean, maybe it can't look any worse than what we saw today. So I guess I shouldn't say that, but, you know. You, you know what's interesting, though? Like, and they play in a couple hours. Like, Kevin O'Connell, who's done a fantastic job, he's made the decision to start Jaron Hall now because of just atrocious quarterback play between Dobbs and Mullins. What's holding Arthur Smith back? He's seen atrocious quarterback play for all season. Why not just throw against the wall? You Could you imagine Logan, Wood, Logan Woods had outplayed Derek Carr and, and beat the Saints? Like, oh, my God. On. That would be hilarious. Yeah. But I'm just making that example. But, dang it, I've not seen much of Logan Woods' side. He might just not be NFL ready at all, similar to Jaron Hall. Yeah. I mean, I like, I again, I like, it sort of, like, doesn't matter to me at this point. I mean, it's like, I'd play Ritter just because, like, I mean, we might as well just get him more experience since he's going to be our backup more than likely going forward. But, like, man, it's... First career, first career start against the Saints. Last career start against the Saints. There you go. There you go. It's 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 karma. It's karma. Uh, I got Corey Carter with the two dollars again. He says, if Brock Bowers uh, was available, I would draft him and trade Pitts for whatever we can get for him. I, I guess, like I, I, I mean, no, they, they can't draft Bowers because they need a quarterback. But I, I get what you're saying. Like, but the problem is, like, Pitts's value is the lowest it's ever been because they've misused him. He's clearly been coming back from an injury. Um. And I know, I know you're calling out Pitts's effort as well, like thinking that he's not giving good effort. I just, I think this whole offense looks terrible, and I just don't know who to blame. Maybe, it, maybe, maybe it is Pitts to some extent. Maybe, I mean, I think everybody has a part to play. Obviously, like every everyone could do better, but like I don't think the coaching is doing anyone any favors. I think everyone's being kind of drugged down by this malaise that's over the whole offense. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's rough. Um, yeah, I know Corey. You're, you know he's saying that uh, I th- felt the, uh, the effort today was lacking overall. It didn't seem like Ritter was interested in being put back out there in that situation. I mean, I think Ritter was definitely interested in being put back out there. I think he looked excited. In fact, I think he looked a little too excited. Do that pick. Uh, <laughs> he got hit. Bergeron yeah, he did get hit. Blown up. Yeah. yeah. So you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was obviously bad. But you know, I, I do think Ritter wanted to play like desperately. Like I think Ritter's looking for any opportunity to get back in there. Um, I don't really think, I don't think this was a game that was a lack of effort. Honestly, I think this was just a, you just got your ass kicked and completely out coached and your pants pulled down and and it's just again that's coaching. You know, like the players don't make the game plan, the players don't set set up the team to fail. You know, the players don't make sure that everyone is doing everything. You know, they they can, they only take care of themselves and like has has everyone done a great job? No, not necessarily. But again, I I just keep coming back to like if it's everyone. You know who it is. Like if everyone's failing, if everyone's underperforming, you know who it is. And it ain't the players. It ain't everyone on the team all of a sudden became bad. You know, that's not how this works. These are all great these are all good to great football players. You know, NFL players probably like below average to above average for the most part players. You know, some great ones are on here for sure, but um you just gotta find a way to to get out of this funk. Uh, and I don't think you can do it with the current coaching staff at the helm, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, yeah, and Corey also touches on that. Bringing Smith back and stripping him of play calling duties just screams lame duck and worsens the situation. I agree. Like, who, want, who what, what kind of self-respecting OC is going to come in here to play under a guy that we know has been kind of domineering with his offense and is probably getting fired if things don't immediately click? Like, I was surprised. Like, you know, I think in, in, T- in Tampa Bay, you know, Candelay is like, I was like, I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I would take that job if I was him because he's playing under a lame duck head coach potentially. And like, if they don't hit, they're going to fire bowls and Candelay is going to get kicked out and he's going to get the stink on him of like, oh, your offense didn't work. 
Now, Canales bet on himself and won. So that there's always a chance you can luck out there um, and, and, you know, succeed. But that's a tough situation to come into. And I wouldn't blame people for not wanting to step into that uh, potential disaster. Um, Is it, did you say his name? I thought that was, I thought that's how you said oh, it. Canales. Is it really? Yeah, I never heard it say cannoli in my life. I was, I was really? like, who's he talking about? Maybe I'm thinking of like food, like dessert, like cannoli or something. <laughs> uh, have, you, have, you, have you heard, was it canals or, or cannoli? I'm, I've heard Dave Canals. That's what I've heard too. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, oh, I like yeah. your guys' version. I, I must be thinking of that New Year's dessert I got in the other room. I'm thinking okay. of cannoli. Okay. Right. Totally yeah. understandable. Yeah. Because when you first sang his name, I was like, Oh my god, oh, topples. Okay, oh, it's that guy. I was like, oh, who? Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, any, at any rate, you know, I'll provide Gino when he's Don Baker, potential long term deal. Yeah, yeah, oh, kudos to him. Yeah, I mean, kudos to him. He's, he's doing a hell of a job over there. Um, so he definitely bet on himself and won. But uh, we got Chris 24M with the two dollars. He says another 710 season because we're gonna lose to the Saints. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly looks that way, Chris. It certainly does. <laughs> we got Corey with the two dollars sake. Are the Falcons the best team in Georgia? I can't wait just to see what hidden jewels we draft out of East Carolina, since apparently there's no different difference between them and UGA. No reason to draft players from a winning culture. Don't draft the helmet. Well, that's not what I said. I said draft draft the player, not the helmet. Actually, is what I said. I don't know if you're referencing what I was saying, but um, I I don't think the Falcons have any problem with UGA players. I also don't think you like decide to draft players because they're from a certain school. Like I don't think anyone operates that way. So I understand what you're saying, Corey, which is like. Obviously, UGA players have had a good track record. They they produce a lot of talent, but like I, they clearly didn't want to draft Jalen Carter because of his potential character issues, not because he went to UGA. Um, and I think the fact that he went to UGA actually did have something to do with it, and that they probably felt like it, his situation was maybe a little bit more dicey because of the proximity to his college and and this the stuff that he was dealing with. So. Whether that's fair or not, whether that's any truth to it, you know, we can't weigh in on that. But that's that was the decision they made, and clearly, I, it seems like they haven't used Bijan the way they should to take him that high. So, I mean, I think you could definitely argue um, that, you know, it, that they could they probably would have benefited more from someone like that, c- considering that Algier has been good and they don't really seem to use Bijan like the premier running back that they should. So, you know, um. We got AJ Evans with the two dollars. What's up, AJ? He says third straight seven and ten season or bullcrap win versus the Saints and barely missing the playoffs. Peak Falcons football. Also, I see, I see Van Jefferson. If I see Van Jefferson get another target over our generational tight end, I'm gonna pile drive something. Hey, that one, he was actually open on that one. I will say, like you know, I know Jordan was talking about it too. Like, <laughs> like. You know, that one was not his fault. He actually got open. That's just not his fault that Taylor Heineke was like 30% passing today. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a completion percentage that low, also. Like, I don't think Zach Wilson's ever done it. No. Like, I don't it, even think I've seen Josh Nesbitt do it when he was at Georgia Tech, and they ran the triple option every single play. <laughs> he didn't have to throw the ball. So, yeah, if you go over one, it looks bad. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it looks terrible. So, <laughs> uh, we got. Lackenzie Merriweather, uh, excuse me, Mackenzie Mayweather. What's up, Lackenzie? He says, with the $5 also, thank you, man. He says, with the 2024 draft pick, the Atlanta Falcons select Mike Tomlin from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, like, I like Mike Tomlin. I I don't think they would really be interested in doing that just because they they need the pick for a quarterback. They literally can't 
do anything else with it. They they absolutely have to get a quarterback with that pick. So, um, you know, yeah. So it, 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 but I mean, in terms of quarterbacks that you could have in Atlanta, Mike Tomlin's certainly not a bad option. It's just, uh, Mike Tomlin's problem also is that he can't seem to find an offensive coordinator now. Um, so that wouldn't necessarily fix our particular issues here, but yeah, <laughs> he's not so pressure, understandably so. Like they wasted several years of Matt Canada and they did. Yeah. First round pick on Kenny Pickett, nobody could feel good about that. So he's, yeah. he's got, as much as we love Mike Tom, absolutely, but. Yeah. You gotta be you gotta call I see it. Yeah. I mean at least uh the Falcons only spent a third rounder on their backup quarterback. So <laughs> baby steps. Baby steps, baby small small victories. But we got Harry Hotep with the five dollars. What's up, Harry? He says allowing Arthur Smith to draft a quarterback after blowing it three straight seasons in a row, seven and ten again is grounds for pitch pitchforks and torches, trade up whatever it takes. I mean, I agree. That's kind of why that I think we we agree with that statement. Like it's it you can't you just can't trust him to do it like and and, and you're gonna ru- potentially ruin it for the next coach you're gonna make the team less attractive to the next coach because the ability to pick their quarterback is huge if you're trying to attract an offensive coach it's just it is it's massive for the whole thing um so they they have to i think if they want to make a change it has to be this year they can't wait like if they wait and arthur smith fumbles like you're really really screwed Like you're in big trouble because you're passing out um, it looks like a pretty good crop of coaches. You never really know, but yeah. it, if you don't do it now, please go ahead, Alan. Yeah. No, I'm curious if you guys remember the 2020. Who got hired in 2020? Because obviously Dan Quinn stayed after 2019 season. I'm trying to remember that 2020 offseason. I think Stefanski was the one coordinator I could recall getting hired. But who else? Could you guys remember? Was that the Kevin O'Connell year too? I can't remember. Maybe that was in uh, 21. I like to do some research on. I know Stefanski because yeah. offense coordinator of the Vikings and he went to Browns. Like, because you gotta consider like Falcons' decision to keep Dan Quinn. They missed out some coaches in 2020. Yeah, but the only one was a Mike Stefanski. So it yeah. looks like that was uh, Mike McCarthy in Dallas, um, oh. Ron Rivera going to Washington, Matt Rule in Carolina, Stefanski, and Joe Judge. With uh, okay. New York, so they, we actually that was a good decision missed. in hindsight. That, that, yeah, <laughs> a lot of oh, misses there. Yeah, man, imagine Ron Rivera. That was such an awkward hire. Yeah, yeah. I do also like, you know, we'll talk about it in a second, but I do think that like J- Joe Brady might be the most likely one to end up here, honestly, because I, I think there was really something to the room, like to the rumors that they were thinking about Brady and Fontenot here. And like that, that was a thing, and we know like Brady has ties to Fontenot and all this. So like that to me, and given like Brady, like he got such a bad rap. Like Carolina like screwed him over. Like I mean that was a disaster. They they really treated him poorly and basically scapegoated him for Matt Rule's problems. Where have we heard wasn't that, that who we wanted to the first time around? I think was something I, like that. Yeah, I think they the he was like one of their first interviews, and they ended up going with with Arthur Smith over Brady, but um. And then Brady yeah. didn't end up, end up getting a head coaching job, but right, okay. I do like I, I think everyone's... 2020 with Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, pretty efficient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like I I do think like everyone's like Ben Johnson, B enemy, like all that, and like yeah, sure, like interview those guys, absolutely. But um, for those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing. 
complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. But yeah, I mean, I think Joe Brady would be the one I would personally keep an eye on because of the, of the history there and the fact that I think Ben Johnson's probably going to go to Los Angeles. I think they're going to back up the Brinks truck for him and he's got Justin Herbert and that's just a big equalizer. Um, so I know the Chargers are notoriously cheap, but I think they'll back up the truck at this point because they're in LA. They, they kind of need to. So, um, Unless they go for Bill Belichick. Well, there you go. Be, that, yeah. that could be the great equalizer always. We got Shaquavia Scott with the $2. He says, I have a theory that our our quarterbacks might be colorblind. Well, you could have fooled me today. I mean, certainly. So, <laughs> The <laughs> only <laughs> reason why I would argue against that is because Taylor Heineke did such a good job of still throwing to their guys a whole lot more than he did our guys. So I think he – it's almost like he knew he was throwing to. So I don't, I don't know. That's the I only thing. he knew. Thing. <laughs> he just made – you know, he, he, just, he chose poorly, but he knew. He knew where he was going. But, he picks uh, up those sneakers after he wins, though. Like he's pretty particular, like what what winning team sneakers he's gonna wear. Right, so he right. knows his colors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we got, we got, I forgot about the shoes thing. That's fun. Uh, we got Ian McCluskey with the ten dollars. Oh, thank you for repeating this one, Ian. Um, he said fire uh, and thanks again for the donation. He says fire Arthur Smith into the nearest black hole. Trade ready that trade package for the Bears and send it in now for that number one pick. Then get your choice of either Caleb Drake or Jaden Daniels to help save this franchise. I mean, they're probably gonna have to trade it for a quarterback, yeah. So I don't know that they're gonna go up to number one, but they're they're gonna have to trade it for a quarterback. And it's absolutely in play. I mean, it is. So we got PV again. Um <laughs> the two. He says, What do you guys think the rate is to, to FedEx Smith Smith home from Chicago? Yeah. You know, I'd have to look into that. I think it's expensive these days for that type of, you know, size package and that weight. I mean, you're probably talking hundreds of dollars. Hey, yo. Yeah. So, <laughs> what? I'm, you know, I'm not making any comment necessarily. I'm just saying, like, a person's a person size box. That's expensive. No, you, you know? I, know, I, know, I know. The freight, you know. <laughs> I would never make fun of big people with big 75 fella on here, okay? That would be just rude of me. Um, I can't, I can't disrespect like that. But, um, see, I just, got, I just paid <laughs> off my, uh, I just paid off some of my credit cards too. I got some miles, so don't oh, don't think go. I won't pull up one I know, day. Too, can, yeah, come, don't come think I won't pull ass. up. <laughs> he knows I'm in Florida. He's he's been waiting to get to the beach. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we guys, uh, we got one more from Jason Gates here with the two dollars. He says, "Here's my Christmas song parody, Kevin." Oh, oh, great. Okay, <laughs> we got and a happy New Year to you, Alan Jordan, and the chat. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. But okay, I'm not, I'm gonna botch this. That, that this is not this is not like li like written in verse, so I'm gonna have a hard time. Oh. But the snuck in the, the snuck in liquor is so delightful, and since Ritter, Ritter and Heineke can't throw, 
let them both go. Let them both go instead of let them let it snow. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I'm getting it. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Good, good wordplay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't too like derogative either, which I appreciate. Because no, I appreciate I, that. At first, I was thinking, oh, God, what is this? What are we going to see? Yeah, no, Jason, Jason, very respectful. Yeah, no, that was good. I like that, Jason. That was good. Um, guys, uh, we appreciate you guys sticking through this terrible last season with us, uh, suffering through this team. Um, we're going to be back uh, next week. Next week's and the next show, uh, the next game is going to be dicey because I'm starting my vacation next week. I've made the executive decision, you know, long Smart before man. the season. Uh, but yeah, uh, that I'll be out from like the fourth through the eleventh, essentially. Um, so we may do uh, live on Tuesday and make that this week's show, and then I'll pre-record a game preview, and then we'll just do a p- the post game when we get when I get back uh, from for the Saints game, and sort of do like a retrospective show there. Um, if the game is like really exciting and I have time, I might do it on vacation, but probably not. So don't, don't look for that, but we'll have some episodes for you next week and some, some stuff recorded to get you through the saints game. And then we'll probably, uh, get you uh, the post game following the game. I am going skiing, Joe, uh, not, I don't board. I can't do two feet on one thing. I I've tried, but, uh, I I'm really good at skiing. So that, that's my thing. But, um, but yeah, guys, we appreciate you. Thanks to everyone for hanging out with us today. Appreciate uh everyone in here all the donations uh and for just suffering through this terrible last team with us uh please like subscribe if you haven't done so already really appreciate that it helps us out leave that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice check out the channel memberships if you're interested in supporting the show on youtube and getting those exclusive perks check out the patreon if you're more of a podcast listener and want to get those perks as well um and yeah guys uh, i want to thank my guests before we head off uh co-hosts really at this point i mean for both these guys clearly and since we're 17 games in i think you were in the co-host label uh we got jordan watkins at big 75 fella uh jordan anything else you want to let the people know about uh no i mean obviously falcon fade podcast reaction yes, show yeah. will come out tomorrow but in all seriousness because you know the first off chat y'all have been hilarious today yeah. um <laughs> so happy new year to everybody um you know, we made it through 2023, 2024 is coming up. And while I don't know what in the world this team's going to do, I do hope for everyone on your individual situations, goals, ambitions, that everything that you want to do, you can go out and accomplish it and conquer it. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you in 2024. Absolutely. That's a good one. I like that. Very, very positive. Very positive for this very dour show. We got, we got Alan Sturck. Yeah, Alan Sturck's Alan's gonna bring us down here. He's he's Alan. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, well said, Jordan. I salute that message. Uh, yeah, I don't like. I think I don't know what game it was, but I remember it was Kevin or Adnan. I remember you guys just telling us like, don't let this team ruin your yeah. mood. Like, absolutely celebrate tonight, this year. Embrace your positives and you know learn from mistakes and just you know grow as individuals. As for this team. It is what it is. You know, we'll see. We'll be covering it. We'll bring the content as usual. And you know, next week's gonna be funky. It could be we, we, we'll be seeing a playoff team. We could be seeing a team that's on the hunt for a new coach. There's a lot of possibilities here. So at least just something to look forward to in week 18, albeit in just a complete down way. But nevertheless, <laughs> enjoy the night. Forget about football because we're all gonna be enjoying the night. You know, the site's doing great, and we're gonna be continuing to grow. Yep, exactly, guys. Uh, so thanks again for joining us. Have a wonderful New Year celebration. We will see you guys after the New Year uh, for some more takes on this this team that we somehow s- still follow. They've really tried their best to get us out of here, but we, we just keep sticking with them somehow. So thank you, guys. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Thanks again to Bet Online and to 
uh, prize picks for sponsoring today's show. We will see you guys next time on the Falcoholic Live. Have a great night, folks.